Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey.com present Locked On Today. Are the Padres' expectations crushed already? Should the Warriors just give up at this point? Plus, what should the Falcons do with the fourth overall pick? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Padres fans and baseball fans held their breath the other night when Fernando Tatis left the field in obvious pain holding his arm. And it seems like it is not as bad as it could have been. Javier Reyes from Locked on Padres joins me now. And Javier, just update us as to where this stands right now. So right now he's officially been placed on the IL, the 10-day IL. Um, and according to AJ Casavell, AJ Preller says Fernando Tatis, he will not. Uh, it's a non-surgical related injury, which I guess is good news. But I think Padres fans and everybody who are familiar with the Padres in general uh, might know the Padres with injuries can be a little bit cagey. So I take this as not like he's cured and he'll be back in 10 days necessarily, but it is definitely not, I, I guess, the worst case scenario. And I think there's at least some solace to be taken in that. Certainly uh, that it's not immediately, oh, that his season is over. That mm-hmm. is the good part. That is always the thing that you want to hear on your superstar player. Uh, this is still a team that that feels like they can win a lot of games. How do you think they're positioned uh, if there is a potential extended absence here. So that was the, the interesting thing is, you know, I plugged in the Padres Twitter and everything and everybody's freaking out. And I think the Padres team lost about 400% of its excitement value with Tatis <laughs> living. They're not nearly as dope, maybe some might say. But in terms of them being a contender, I mean, I'll just put it like this. There is a reason they were a World Series contender in the first place. Even if... Tatis is out while a huge loss. This isn't all of a sudden a team that can't make the playoffs. This isn't like other sports where if you lose your top player, it's just over. You know, it's like the NBA, for example, like the the Padres still have Manny Machado, who, by the way, unlike Tatis, for example, last year was literally in the top three for MVP voting. He's still good. And he's also, you know, knock on wood. I guess I got to really knock on wood now. Uh, a, A great sigil of health. Like usually they still added all the pitching depth that they have with Darvish, Snell, Joe Musgrove might be a new revelation and they have all this cool stuff in the farm system. I don't think this is a reason to panic at all as a Padres fan. Does it put a cap on their potential? Yes, but I don't, I don't understand this idea of the season's over when even if they just became a fringe playoff team, if you want to be super down on them and say their, their ceiling is that they might make like be above 500, that's still good. And that still means the season isn't over. So I think people need to pump the brakes on that a little bit. If it does seem like he's going to come back at some point and all of the things that you said are true about them being a contender with a pretty deep roster outside of him, then the Padres have every reason to be cautious here, don't they? Absolutely. And, you know, like I alluded to before, the Padres can be a little bit weird with injuries before famously in the playoffs last year. They were like, yeah, Mike Clevenger, it's it's okay. We're expecting him to have him back. And yeah, he's going to pitch in this playoff injury, uh, playoff game, and then he gets hurt again and he's only pitches for one inning. And oh, yeah, he just needs a scope for some bone chips and then Tommy John surgery. So there's definitely reason to be suspicious of the Padres and suspicious of any type of injury in general. But it is kind of a deep team, and there's still reason for optimism. And I think that people shouldn't totally freak out, even if the team is a lot less exciting, uh, for sure. Locked On Today is brought to you in partnership with Odyssey. That's A-U-D. 
D-A-C-Y, your new home for music, sports, news, and podcasts. Download the Odyssey app today. Coming up, should the Warriors just give in at this point? That's next. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Lakers have fallen back to the five spot in the Western Conference, and even though they got a win Tuesday night, the season is taking a toll on Anthony Irwin from Locked On Lakers. The Lakers beat the Toronto Raptors 110 to 101 uh, behind a 18 of 40 from three point range for the Lakers. And <laughs> I just didn't think it was possible. I didn't know they could do it. No, it was really cool. I really enjoyed the game. <laughs> the, the Lakers finally give you kind of a stress-free game for the first time in a little bit. Good win for the Lakers. He just got a title. He'll be all right. James Harden will miss at least 10 days with a right hamstring strain for Brooklyn, but no need to worry for the Nets. Kevin Durant is expected to return tonight against the Pelicans. Durant has missed the past 23 games after suffering a right hamstring strain on February 13th. He's played only seven games alongside Kyrie Irving and James Harden. Since then, the Nets have added Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge to their roster. Pretty nice to lose one MVP and get back another one. The Boston Celtics have been so bad, they are now clinging to the eighth seed in the East. Hey there, John Corrales here from the Lockdown Celtics podcast. After the Boston Celtics lose to the 76ers by 10, but it really wasn't that close. Celtics turned it over 22 times, giving up 21 points off of those turnovers. So that's problem number one. Problem number two is that they gave up a ton of three-pointers off of double teams of Joel Embiid, and they were just sloppy rotating back defensively. The offense never got going. That passing that we've seen the past couple of games was not there. The other Boston team had a much better outcome but needed extra innings to get it. Here's Gabrielle Starr from Locked On Red Sox. I'm getting way too old for these extra inning games, but first extra inning game of the season in the books for the Red Sox, and they win it. First Perez day of the books, and they win that. First Devers hit of the season. First Devers clutch moment of the season. First Christian Vasquez bomb of the season. J.D. Martinez continues to rake and walks it off, putting up two runs in the 12th inning. What a great game. Shout out Matt Barnes, shout out Vasquez, shout out Rafael Devers. This team can do it, this team can win. Not to get ahead of myself, but World Series back on? World Series back on. That's what happened yesterday. Here's what to look for today on betonline.ag. The top two teams in the Western Conference in the Utah Jazz and Phoenix Suns play tonight. The Jazz are looking to rebound after their loss to the Mavericks, while the Suns are on a six-game hot streak. The betonline.ag line is Utah minus two against Phoenix. The Cincinnati Reds scored 14 runs Tuesday against the Pirates. Tonight, they face Pittsburgh again. And the betonline.ag over-under is eight and a half runs for the game. It's also Masters week. Hello, friends. And you can get in on some of the prop bets now. The betonline.ag odds for the most strokes on any hole is eight and a half at minus 250. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on to get a 50% welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 
Here is another story you need to know. The Golden State Warriors eked out a come-from-behind win over the Milwaukee Bucks without Giannis 122-121 to on Tuesday night. Joining me now from Locked On Warriors, Wes Goldberg. And Wes, with the Warriors fighting to get into that play-in spot and Klay Thompson uh, not expected to be back this season, uh, the Warriors are in this weird position of trying to play for pride uh, but also trying to build something for the future. What do they what do they gain by actually going to try and win these games and, and fight for those those play in spots? Well, I think what the idea is that you're able to get some much needed experience for a team that, like you said, hopes to kind of vault back into you know title contention next year, right? When Clay Thompson comes back. It's really hard to do that uh coming off of maybe two straight lottery seasons, right? Uh, there, I don't, I can't recall an example where a team with base that, that has basically the same roster goes from picking in the top 10 to suddenly going into title contention. Clay Thompson returning, isn't going to just do that on its own. So you need valuable playoff experience for guys like Andrew Wiggins and, and James Wiseman. And, and you need to set the tone and again, set this foundation for, uh, um, what this team wants to be, which is to kind of ascend to the top of the Western Conference again. And, and like I said, playoff experience will be very valuable in that. I don't think that that's something that the Warriors can afford to take for granted. Yeah, we saw last year Steph Curry wanted to play coming back from the hand injury, even in what was a lost season for the Warriors. So he is not going to advocate to Steve Kerr or the powers that be in Golden State that he should be sitting for you know a, a quasi-tank if that were it's something that they were potentially interested in but how do you walk the line of hey this is still our superstar franchise player even though we know we can't win the title this year i think what you need to do is recognize that what you put around him this year probably isn't going to be enough to help him win another championship in his career at least in golden state right and so even with clay out i think you're able to evaluate this roster enough and say look you know, the rest of this bench isn't good enough. Uh, guys like Kent Bazemore and Damian Lee and Juan Descano Anderson, they're good players, but they're more ninth or 10th men in a rotation, not 6th or 7th men in a rotation. And, and you know, I, I think what this season, the purpose that this season has served, other than the development of those kinds of guys and Wiggins and Wiseman and, and Jordan Poole and that kind of stuff has been really seeing what needs to be done this offseason. And the Warriors aren't going to have a lot of tools to do that. They have this Minnesota pick. They've got some other things that they could trade and maybe move around. They'll have a mid-level exception. They'll have some minimum contracts. But to me, that's really what stands out is, all right, we kind of see what this team is with Wiggins for a full season, with Wiseman under you know our umbrella and in, in our system, and we're, we've developed him and gotten a closer look uh, at him. Uh, what else do we need to do to supplement this roster around Steph? In this game against Milwaukee, you also saw them run a lot more pick and roll, a little bit more recognition of what this team needs to be. The fact that this isn't that high basketball IQ, high basketball field team of those dynasty days, of those five finals runs. This is a little bit different, right? A little bit more athleticism, but not as much basketball IQ. So what this team is, we're going to try to keep some of these off-ball screens and all this ball movement stuff that works with Steph Curry. We're going to try to do it and a little bit of a different way, incorporating a little bit more of a modern pick-and-roll scheme. Coming up, what should the Falcons do with the fourth overall pick? Our cue of the day is next. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever 
and they just keep adding flavors. I get a box once a month from them with with new flavors. Marshmallow churro is this new flavor that's on its way. Unbelievable birthday cake. I can't say enough about how delicious they are. I was traveling over the weekend, some long car rides, and read for a built bar. And you satisfy that little sweetness craving and you don't feel guilty about it. It's not eating gummy bears or you know whatever else. It is stuff that is low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber to give you good energy, lasting energy because of what they put in it. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the day. The 49ers shocked the NFL world when they traded up to the number three overall pick. Adam Schefter has been reporting for weeks now that he believes quarterbacks are going to go one, two, three, four. And yesterday we got reports the Falcons are open for business with the fourth overall pick. Joining me now from Locked On Falcons, Aaron Freeman. And I want to put it to you this way, Aaron. What should the Falcons do with this pick? Because they could stick and pick a quarterback of the future themselves, but they just restructured Matt Ryan. They could take a position player or a defensive piece, or they could trade down to a, a quarterback needy team. What should they do? Well, Peter, I'm not going to give you maybe the definitive answer that you're looking for, because I think <laughs> it really depends on what their evaluation of these quarterbacks are. If they think that that fourth quarterback and right now the rumors seem to be saying it's probably going to be either Justin Fields or Trey Lance there for them at number four. If they feel one of those two guys is a future franchise, top five, top 10 elite quarterback in the making, he should be the pick. The only sort of scenario where the Falcons would go away from that is if someone was willing to even blow the doors off of what the 49ers gave up to the Dolphins to go up to that number three spot. And if they were to offer that to the Falcons, then I think the Falcons would be somewhat justified to take that offer, move back, acquire future assets that they could then use in the future to go get a quarterback, if those include multiple first round picks. And that would allow them to sort of balance the two scenarios that have been sort of at war with each other, at least from the outside. We don't know quite yet with the new regime from head coach Arthur Smith and general manager Terry Fontenot, where they sort of lie in in terms of this battlefield. But is that battle of do the Falcons try to win now with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones entering the twilight of their years, or do they start to build towards a future in a post-Matt Ryan, post-Julio Jones world? Is there a player that you think could make them go, well, we like Justin Fields, we like Trey Lance, but we love Kyle Pitts. We love Panay Sewell, someone like that. Do, do you think there is a guy that could make them go, hmm, maybe we can grab this guy, try and win now and figure out the quarterback thing later? Yeah, I think Kyle Pitts is that guy. If, if you're going to go and you're going to look at, we talk about the upside of the quarterback. If you hit on a quarterback, the franchise value, all that sort of thing is, is tremendous. But if you were to argue that there was another player in this draft class that has that type of impact, that type of upside, I think Kyle Pitts is the guy can be that dynamic big playmaker over the middle of defense, be that sort of world-class tight end that can draw double teams and affect coverages like you see guys like Travis Kelsey do in Kansas City these last several years, Rob Gronkowski years ago in New England. 
Kyle Pitts has that type of potential, and that could be a huge boost to the Falcons' offense. And another big factor is arguably the biggest weakness of the Falcons' offense last year, at least in the passing game, was their inability to score in the red zone. And Kyle Pitts, with his massive wingspan, would just be, you know, it's Jimmy Graham used to get, what, 10, 15 touchdowns a year just on fade balls? Mm-hmm. I feel like Kyle Pitts sleep. has... <laughs> Kyle Pitts could double that potentially if, if if an offensive coordinator and a quarterback were willing to go down that way. And finally, the State Department said Tuesday the Biden administration is consulting with allies about a joint approach to China and its human rights record, including how to handle the upcoming Beijing Winter Olympics. The department initially suggested that an Olympic boycott to protest China's rights abuses was among the possibilities, but a senior official later said that the boycott has not yet been discussed. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets, download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up tomorrow, we get you set for everything at Augusta National. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.